20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I am your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thanks so much for joining me today. It is officially opening day, opening night in the NFL, whatever you want to call it. Chiefs, Lions. I think it should be a really fun game. I'll go over my prediction at the end of the show today, but it is finally here. NFL season, the best time of the year. And uh, of course, we've got a ton of season to go, but this is going to get things kicked off and I cannot wait. We had a Packers injury report update, which was pretty interesting. We're going to get to that in just a moment. A Bears injury report. And then our main topic for today is going to be going over kind of expectations and and just sort of expectation setting for this upcoming season. We'll go over that as well. Before we get there, just a really quick shout out to our new Pro Bowl subscribers here on the Packaday Podcast YouTube channel, Josh Peterson, Steve Bates, JRS8031, Tanner Hartwig, Michael McCabe, Brian Pekovitz, Tristan Wicks, Megan Pulvermacher, which is a fantastic name, uh, Shea Broadad, and Whitney Valentine. Thank you so incredibly much for becoming Pro Bowl members here on the YouTube channel. Also, of course, a daily shout out to our Hall of Fame members, PJ Wynn and Most Hated Minnesotan. Now is the perfect time to become a member. The Pro Football Pick'em uh, League is kicked off as of today with the Lions and Chiefs game. So make sure to get signed up prior to that. If you sign up to be a Pro Bowl member or higher, you will get access to that league. And the winner of our Pick'em League is going to get tickets to a regular season Packer game next year. So definitely sign up for that right now. What are you waiting for? Uh, Also, our first members only video is up as well. So you are going to get members only videos. You're going to get weekly Q&As starting next week. There's a ton of opportunity there for a ton of really cool stuff. So again, if you haven't checked out memberships yet, please make sure to do so. All right, enough about that. Let's get to our main event for today. Let's start off with the Bears injury report, which was pretty slim, which must be nice, but no excuses. This is going to be a good game no matter what. Bears, we know already are going to be missing Tevin Jenkins because he is on IR. He is a key to their offensive line. So that is going to be a big injury for them. But as far as their injury report goes, Dylan Cole, a special teamer, inside linebacker, did not practice. Jaquan Brisker, Eddie Jackson, and Demarcus Walker were limited in practice. And that was it. A a fairly nondescript Injury report for Chicago. Again, Dylan Cole, the only one not practicing. They are going into this game relatively healthy. Meanwhile, we got to Packers practice, which was open to the media for literally like 10 to 12 minutes, maybe at most. Uh, But we got to see some of the individual drills and and sort of the stretching and warmups. And I'm going through and I'm sort of, you know, reviewing, all right, who missed last week? And I'm kind of going through my checklist here and I'm like, all right, Darnell Savage is back. That's That's a good sign. And then I see Dontavian Wicks practicing. I'm like, all right, that's a good sign. He had the hamstring injury. He's practicing in some capacity. I see David Bakhtiari immediately on the exercise bike, not overly concerned because he practices about once a week at most. So we'll see if he practices later in the week, but not a a huge concern there. And then I see Romeo Dobbs and I see Romeo and he's got his helmet. And I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe he's going to practice. And then he's, he's way on the other corner. So it's, it's hard to tell at first if somebody's in pads or not or whatever, you know, and then you realize that, nope, he's not going to practice. He was just kind of warming up with the team. So Romeo Dobbs didn't practice, but all right, we knew kind of that already. And then, and then you see Christian Watson and he's over by Romeo Dobbs and Eric Stokes and looks like he's with the rehab group, but he's also right by the wide receiver line. So you're like, is he, 
is he not like Christian? He's going to practice, right? There's no way Christian Watson's hurt. And then of course he does not practice with the team. So you get outside and they actually start doing their individual drills and there is no Romeo Dobbs. There is no Christian Watson. Uh, again, we did see Dontavian Wicks return and Darnell Savage return, which was great news, but your top two wide receivers not practicing on the Wednesday of the first regular season game against the Chicago Bears, suboptimal to say the least. Now, we don't know if they're going to be able to go on Sunday or not. We don't know what their injury designation is yet. When the Packers official injury report came out later in the day, David Bakhtiari did not practice, but it listed it as non-injury related, a rest day for his knee. So it seems like there's not a major concern, at least from an injury report standpoint, that he will not play. Romeo Dobbs did not practice with his hamstring injury. Christian Watson did not practice with a hamstring injury of his own. Dontavian Wicks was limited with, you guessed it, a hamstring injury. Rashawn Gary was limited with his knee injury, and Anthony Johnson Jr. was a full participant with his knee injury. As I tweeted out on Twitter, the good news, seemingly only two injuries to worry about going into the week. That's great. If, if I told you now you've got Eric Stokes coming back from PUP, which is less than ideal, and, and he's on the PUP list and, and trying to come back from his injury from a season ago, but you sort of knew that was going to be the case when we heard how severe the injury was from last season. But you have him, you've got Tyler Davis that's on IR. But then, you know, overall, if you're looking at an injury report, like two guys potentially missing the game, that's that's not terrible. Like, it's just unfortunate that the two guys you're potentially missing, and we don't know yet, they could both play at this point. We ju- we're just unsure. But your two guys that you're worried about are your top two wide receivers. So that is by far, in a way, the bad news. And I will say this, you guys know, I like to keep this pretty PG, but holy bleep, the responses on Twitter and social media immediately, like fire the training staff. How do they possibly have injuries already? Like, okay, I promise you the, tra- the, the training staff knows what they're doing. They are doing all of their stretches. They're doing everything they need to be doing, going through their nutrition plan. Stuff is just going to happen through the course of the season. It just is what it is. Like, I don't know. I, the Super Bowl winning year, they ended up with like, what, 20 plus guys on IR in 2010? Like, these things are going to happen through the course of the year. And we don't even know yet if they're going to actually miss the game or not. We could easily get to a point on Sunday where Watson and Dobbs are for, you know, full go and there's no issue whatsoever. They could both miss the game and it doesn't change the fact that this is week one. And yes, you don't want to see some of these soft tissue injuries. You don't want to see hamstrings show up with Dontavian Wicks and Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. Like that stuff is frustrating. I get it. But holy cow, the responses of like, Green Bay's curse, like, okay, hold up, hold up. Or like, again, you need to fire the training staff. And how is this a problem? And I even saw one, and I shouldn't even give it the time of day because, but I even saw one that was literally Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson need to go. They can't stay healthy. Holy, like, let's just, I know the season's starting, but let's just take a deep breath. We don't even know if they're going to be able to play in the game or not yet. And even if they are not able to play, these do not look at least like just look. I don't know Watson. Like Watson's tough to, to tell because we didn't get a real good look at him whatsoever. Romeo Dobbs does not look like this is going to be anything long term at all. Even if he can't go this week, it doesn't seem like something that's going to be long term for him. Not a doctor. I don't know that verbatim. Don't know that for sure. But just seeing how he's working out off to the side already. I don't think it's going to be anything long-term. And hopefully it's the same for Christian Watson. And Matt LaFleur's official statement was they're going to give them through the week to see if they can get ready. 
that leads me to believe that there's at least a chance that both of them play this week. Now, coaches and GMs have to lie. That's part of their job description. So it's possible that Matt LaFleur knows that Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs or something, you know, like maybe just won't be able to go. And he wants the other team, in this case, Chicago, to have to be able to prepare for them and, you know, and just give extra effort to preparing for a player that he knows isn't going to play, but Chicago doesn't know that. So he could just be lying, but I have a feeling when he says with Watson and Dobbs that he's going to give them through the week to see if they can play. This canned response, I get that, but I think he's being legitimate here. I think I think that it is within the realm of possibility. I don't think they're going to be listed as you know completely out on Friday. If I had to guess, maybe one of them's listed as doubtful if they really don't think they're going to play, but my guess is probably both are listed as questionable and we may not have a great indicator. Well, I think Friday, like Thursday and Friday's practice will be a great indicator if they practice or not. If they don't practice Friday, that's probably what all you need to know. They're probably not going to play. But I do think they're going to get through the week. But let's just all collectively take a deep breath with Watson and Dobbs until we know if they're going to play or not. And even if they do miss this week, that is one week. And this this is just going to happen. Like we just have to come to the reality of there are going to be injuries through the course of the season. We would all love if Roger Goodell in the NFL you know, popped up Madden this week and turned the injury slider to off and everyone was just healthy all season long. And we didn't have to worry about any of it. And we could just go through a season and see who the actual best team is, not who the most healthy team is through the year. But this is just part of the modern day NFL. And it's just something that we've got to get a little bit used to. And every team has got a player or two for the most part that they wish was probably playing and healthy for week one, but unfortunately will not be. And some people have already had torn ACLs already. So like this stuff is just going to happen. So take a deep breath. Get used to it because this is a war of attrition every single year. And there are going to be major injuries. There are going to be soft tissue injuries. There's going to be minor injuries and it's just part of the gig in the NFL. So that is what it is and there's nothing we can do about it. So now that being said, this roster, very, very interesting for uh, Jordan Love if you do not have Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. Aaron Jones, a lot of experience, 3,022 snaps in his career. Great to have that experience at running back. AJ Dillon, 1,110 snaps to his name in his career. Great to have that experience. H-back fullback, Josiah DeGuara, 657 snaps in his career. Great to have that experience at the H-back fullback position. But the players he's going to be throwing to as weapons, if we're considering Josiah DeGuara an H-back fullback, he then has four remaining wide receivers, six if we include Bo Melton or Grant DuBose who could get called up in the, fact, in the case that Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs might not be healthy. So he's got six remaining wide receivers. He has three tight ends. Those nine players, those nine players, and we'll even add in Emmanuel Wilson as another running back to that group too. Those 10 players, Samore Toure, 112 snaps. All right. The next group, Jaden Reed, Malik Heath, Dontavian Wicks, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, Ben Sims, Emmanuel Wilson, Grant DuBose, Bo Melton, zero snaps combined. So your entire pass catching group at wide receiver and tight end, has a total lifetime NFL snap count of 112 snaps, all of which belong to second-year wide receiver Samore Toure. Jordan Love, meanwhile, 157 snaps to his name. So the running backs and your H-back fullback, they got some snaps. That's great. But the all the wide receivers, your three rookie tight ends, 112 snaps combined if Dobbs and Watson aren't able to go. So you have 
a ton of inexperience on offense if you're going into that game. And I do understand, you know, some of the frustration with the Dobbs Watson injury stuff because if you don't have Watson and Dobbs, that absolutely could flip this game completely. And like I said earlier, no excuses. As, as Matt LaFleur mentioned, the rest of the league doesn't care if you're young. It doesn't matter if you are banged up. They're going to try to kick your teeth in. And they, Green Bay's got to find a way to win that game, whether it's utilizing the running backs more, whether it's figuring out a way to get Malik Heath and Samore Toure and Dontavian Wicks and all you know all these guys up to, to play. And, and Luke Musgrave becomes a bigger part of the offense. All of it. You got to figure out a way to put points on the board. Keyshawn Nixon, a kick return for touchdown would be nice in this game. Defense doing their part would be nice in this game. But it, this is a team game. And regardless of who you're missing, it is next guy up and you've got to find a way to win. But going into a game where your only wide receiver and tight end snaps are for Samori Toure with 112 and your quarterback is 157 lifetime snaps, that is incredible. I mean, literally incredible that it, it could be potentially that inexperienced. And it's not like Dobbs and Watson are like 10-year vets either. They, they have basically a half a season to their name as well. So either way, it is young and inexperienced, but man, take away Watson and Dobbs and it's, it's just like completely eye-opening how young and inexperienced this team is. So yes, I do think the Dobbs-Watson injury could completely change the outcome of this game dependent upon whether or not they are available or not. But that's that's a beautiful mystery of this game. And that's what makes it so incredibly fun is you got to find ways to, to go into that game and, and still find success. So that will be a challenge for Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur and company this week if they cannot go. But we will have to wait and see for the injury report to come out to see just what those possibilities are for them to play on Sunday against the Bears. Hello, friends. As many of you know, a few years back, the Milwaukee Bucks were in the NBA Finals, and I desperately wanted to go to Game 6 in Milwaukee to see them win the championship. As you can imagine, prices were insane, and I kept going back and forth with different apps to try and find the cheapest tickets possible. I finally found them, clicked purchase, and of course they were gone. Goodbye Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Now, thankfully, the day of the game I was able to find a ticket, but the entire thing was so expensive and way too stressful. I really wish I could have simply used Game Time to alleviate all of the stress and all of the hassle. I've started using Game Time app for purchasing all of my tickets, and I wish I would have done so sooner. From low prices to easy to find tickets to last minute ticket deals, the Game Time app is perfect for all of my ticket needs. Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. That's code P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We made it. It's officially football season, which means it's the best time of the year, but also it means that I'm going to be really freaking busy. If you're like me and your busy fall season is already in full swing, you might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Factor lets you level up with Gourmet Plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. 
Personally, I'm trying to eat healthier, so their calorie-conscious options are perfect for my meal plan. They have delicious, dietitian-approved, calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Best of all, with Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. This September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered directly to your door, ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash packaday50 and use code packaday50 to get 50% off. That's code packaday50 at factormeals.com slash packaday50 to get 50% off. It's finally football season, which means... It's also finally daily fantasy football season. And while I get excited to play daily fantasy every year around this time, I'm even more excited this year because I'll be using prize picks for all my daily fantasy selections. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Even better, they offer ultra quick withdrawals to make all your transactions super fast and easy. Also keep an eye out for weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. My favorite, Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Before football season ramps up, I've been using Prize Picks for my MLB and college football picks as I prep for a season of winning in daily fantasy football. The experience has been amazing and it's increased my daily enjoyment of watching Brewers and Badger games. Now, it's time to get some Jordan Love entries in prior to this weekend's game. The great thing for me is that they offer Apple Pay, which makes depositing money into my account so incredibly easy. So what are you waiting for? Join me on Prize Picks by going to prizepickscom packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepickscom packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, let's talk about our main topic for today. And that is expectation setting for this season. All right, we can start this in a couple different ways. But one of the reasons I like to expectation set is because I think it's so easy immediately to get caught in the trap of a week by week. Like we we want instant gratification. And we could like say right now, and this is not the case, but we could go into the season being like, I think this is a three and 14 team. Like they're just, they're not a good football team. And you could still get to week one, go against the Bears and lose by a last second field goal and be like, this is, and be immediately frustrated. Even though you only expected three wins to go into the season, it's still, you, you, it's that week by week feel, right? It's like there's the thing that's great about the NFL is there's only 17 games that are guaranteed to you. So all of them feel so incredibly important and you want, you want those wins. You don't want those losses. It's just that that's what makes the NFL so great. But I think what I try to do going into it is is level set and expectation set. So I have a feel of like, all right, yeah, they they started two and three on the season, but I expected this to be a 500 team. And you have like, you know, if you're going to be a 500 team or like if you're going to be in that eight and nine or nine and eight, you know, range, you have to lose at least eight games. It kind of goes along with it. So I, I try to be as steady and even as possible through those ebbs and flows of the season. And I think it's even more important to expectation set for a team like this that is so young and there is going to be that volatility and you don't know what you're going to get on a week to week basis. 
and trying to keep that in mind of like, hey, there's going to be some rough patches. There's probably going to be some, you know, potentially two, three game losing streaks this year. There's probably going to be some two, three game winning streaks this year. That wouldn't surprise me either. I just think we're going to see a huge variety and a huge swing in what you get from this team from a game to game, down by down, week to week basis because of how they're made up right now. And I will say this, I understand that there are levels of fandom and some are able to zoom out more and look more big picture and others want that instant gratification. I, I've said in the past, I have, there have been points in my life where if the Packers were playing a preseason game, I wanted them to win. And if they lost, I was upset by it. If the Packers had a Pro Bowl player for the NFC in the Pro Bowl, I wanted the Packers to win in the NFC and if they're the NFC team to win. And if they didn't, I was upset by it. It didn't matter. If there was a G on a helmet in a game, suited up in some capacity, I wanted that team to win. Period. End of story. I mean, and it was like, like I was hardcore about it. You know, now I'm able to step back a little bit more and understand the bigger picture side of things, but there are different layers and levels of fandom and you do you. Whatever, wherever you are at in that spectrum, whether you are the step back type and hey, let's see how this thing goes, or whether you are ride or die with every single snap, that is cool. I'm not judging you. I'm not saying one way is better or worse than the other. There are times where I wish I could take off some of the analytical stuff and just you know, throw a six pack back and get angry at my TV because they couldn't get off the field on a third down. There are other times where I'm very thankful that I have that analytical approach and can take that step back and be like, okay, this, this one series, this one drive, this one game, whatever, it's not going to matter all that much. How do they respond to it and those sort of things. So wherever you're at, that's cool. But I do think it's still worthwhile to set your own level of expectations for this season. Whatever that may be, you might be at the point of like, hey, if they don't get in the playoffs, that's a bad season. They, the, your expectation is that they get into the playoffs. Your expectation might be whatever for Jordan Love or that they win X amount of games or that they're competitive in every game. Uh, your mileage may vary by fan of what your expectations are going into the season, but I would highly recommend you have some expectation for what that is because it's so easy to get caught up in, like I said, the week to week, the down by down, the quarter by quarter and, and all of it and get frustrated when things like, I know it's cliche and it might even be just a little bit lame at this point, but the other team gets paid too. There are 32 NFL franchises that are doing everything they can to beat your franchise. And they've got some incredible football players from some big time schools, some big time programs, some amazing athletes, some incredible football minds. And sometimes you're just going to get the wrong matchup on the wrong day. You're going to have the wrong injuries that maybe your top two wide receivers are gone you're just, you're, the ball is going to bounce. Like how many times have Green Bay had a game or two go where like they completely outplayed the opponent, but a, you know, wrong fumble at a wrong moment completely swings it in the other team's direction. Like sometimes there's just going to be days like that, but what are your expectations for the season? I'll go through mine and just some of the things that I'm looking at, but I think the, my bigger overarching point here is set your expectations and then measure the Packers against that through the course of the year. And like I said, if you think they're going to be an eight and nine football team, well, don't get upset then when they lose nine games, <laughs> like, because that's, that was sort of what you expected going into the year. And, and yeah, that, I'll leave it at that. But all right, here, here's where I am at. And, and hopefully this helps maybe you expectation set as well. But from a record standpoint, I am looking at eight wins plus or minus one win. And that is probably a fairly big cop out. I will cop to that and I will uh, own that. But that's my expectation. 
eight or nine wins, or excuse me, eight wins plus or minus one game. And what I mean by that is seven to nine wins. And if they are below seven wins, if this is a six win or less team, to me, there is some legitimate level of disappointment to that season. Now, it will be worse the less wins they have if it's, you know, if they have six wins and a tie, you know, all right, well, it's not that much different than seven wins, but it's still disappointing in my mind. If they have three wins, all right, that is, whew, that is, something went very, very wrong through the course of the year. But anything below seven wins is a disappointment to me in some capacity. Anything above nine wins to me would be a pretty significant success. And that doesn't necessarily even mean playoff. They could end up with nine wins or excuse me, they could end up with uh, 10 wins and maybe they just don't make the playoffs. I think 10 wins will easily get them in, but maybe it just doesn't. And that's okay. That would still be a success to me because 10 wins for this team, I think is a really good result. So that that's where I'm at personally. Anything seven, eight, nine wins, I think is the, the sweet spot for this team. Below seven, disappointing, above nine, really impressive based on where they're at as a franchise and, and really just moving on from a Hall of Fame quarterback and going younger and being the youngest team in football. That That's where my head's at. So, you know, again, set your expectations accordingly, but that's kind of where my head at, is at. For Jordan Love, we talked about uh, Aaron Rodgers last season as sort of a potential bar for Jordan Love. So last year, Aaron Rodgers, 350 out of 542 attempts, 64.6% completion percentage, 3,695 yards, 26 touchdowns, 12 picks, and a 91.1 rating. Now, I think that would be a phenomenal start for Jordan Love if he was able to put that season together. I'm going to change a few of those numbers. This is what I'm hoping for. It's not that much different than that line that Aaron Rodgers had last year, but here's my line for Jordan as a a first-time, full-time starter. 63% completion percentage, so Rodgers was at 64.6 last year. I want to see Love at 63% or higher. 3,700 yards. Rodgers was at 3,695. I think that should be right around the bar where Jordan should set for himself or where I'll set expectations for if if it was a decent season or not for Jordan. 25 touchdowns. Rodgers had 26 last year. That's, I mean, what? You you have a 17-game season. Two per game is 34. So 25 seasons, even a little bit low, but I think that would be like the Mendoza line. I'll say 14 interceptions. Rodgers had 12 last year. I think 14 is is right about right. And the bigger thing for me is trending in the right direction. Can he be you know playing his best football at the end of the year? And can he show consistent improvement and growth through the course of the year? So 63%, 3,700 yards, 25 touchdowns, 14 picks, and trending in the right direction. That is my expectation set for Jordan Love. I'll go through a couple other ones. Luke Musgrave. I'm going to say 50 catches, 500 yards, five touchdowns. That's what I want to see out of Luke Musgrave. That that's, might sound like aggressive, especially because of the Packers history at tight ends and how rookie tight end is you know a, a difficult proposition. Like It's just difficult for those rookies to come in and have a big time impact. 50 for 505 touchdowns is an average of three catches and 29 yards per game with a touchdown every three games. Like that kind of feels like a bare minimum for Luke Musgrave for what I'm expecting. And I know it's hard. I know it's a tough position for a rookie, but 50 for 505 touchdowns, that is my level set for Luke Musgrave. Anders Carlson, I'm going Mason Crosby's rookie year here. 31 for 39, 79.5% on field goals. That's what I want to see for Anders Carlson. Now, Mason Crosby had the easy extra points when he first came into the league. So he was 100% on extra points. 
I understand if he misses a few extra points as well. So I'll say three missed extra points, 31 of 39 or around 79.5% or better. That's my expectation set for Anders Carlson. The Packers defense, 16th is the is the bare minimum. I want to see this team be in the top half of the league in defense, meaning 17 through 32 is unacceptable for where this team is at. Now, I don't know if they're going to get there. Joe Barry has not shown the propensity to have that level of defense. They have a lot of the same players that they had from a season ago where they did not finish in the top half of the league. I don't care. I need to see this defense take a significant step in the right direction, and I want to see them in the top half of the league. They finish 15th or 16th. Okay. Not ideal, maybe, but I can understand you don't have great safeties. There's some deficiencies still in this defense, but they need to find a way to be a top half of the league defense. That's where my expectation is at. Same goes for special teams. Special teams, sneaky bad last year. Keyshawn Nixon covered a lot of ills for Rich Passaccia and that special teams last year. Now that isn't nothing. They got some big time explosive plays out of Keyshawn Nixon and that's a piece of what their defense did last year. But if it weren't for Keyshawn Nixon, that would have been maybe the worst special teams in football again. So I want to see that special teams take another jump in year two of Rich Passaccia. I want to see them be a top half of the league special teams as well. That's where my expectation is at. So those are some of the, the expectations I'm going with going in. Eight wins, plus or minus one win. Jordan Love, 63%, 3,700 yards, 25 touchdowns, 14 picks, and trending in the right direction. Luke Musgrave, 50 for 505 touchdowns. Anders Carlson, 79.5%, maybe a few extra point misses here or there. Top half of the league defense, top half of the league special teams. Meanwhile, there are people smarter than me that know how to level set going into the season, and those people work in Las Vegas. Now, it's always worth noting that Las Vegas's odds and betting lines are set up to make them money and make you bet. So it's not always the perfect indicator of what's going to happen, but this is what Vegas thinks of Green Bay, just in case you're interested. Vegas is currently giving, if you look at implied probability, the Packers a 37.7% chance to make the playoffs, a 1.5% chance to win the Super Bowl. This is their longest Super Bowl odds since the 2006-2007 season going into the year. So it has been a hot second since that since they've had uh, as worse odds as that going into a year. They have a 2.8% chance to win the NFC per implied, pro, implied probability, excuse me. A 20% chance to win the NFC North. Worst of all four teams in the NFC North. Vegas likes the Bears the Lions, and the Vikings better and gives them better odds to win the NFC North than the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are favored this year. If you go to the betting lines for each individual game, there are only five games where they are the favorites going into the game. Saints in week three, Rams in week nine, Bucks in week 15, Panthers in week 16, Bears in week 18. Only five out of 17 games as of right now that they are favored in this season. So, that's where Vegas views them. By the way, if you want some fun props on the season, I'll just give you these for free. Just some fun ones. Jordan Love MVP plus 6,000. Jordan Love Offensive Player of the Year plus 10,000. Rashawn Gary Defensive Player of the Year plus 5,000. Rashawn Gary Comeback Player of the Year plus 7,500. Luke Musgrave Offensive Rookie of the Year 10,000. 
Defensive Rookie of the Year, Carrington Valentine, plus 10,000. Defensive Rookie of the Year, LVN, plus 1,500. I would stay away from that one. That's not great odds for Lucas Van Ness, who is going to be a rotational edge rusher and could only see the field 15 to 20 snaps per game. Anyway, Offensive Player of the Year, Christian Watson, plus 10,000. Same for Aaron Jones, plus 10,000. AJ Dillon, plus 15,000. Defensive Player of the Year, Jair Alexander, plus 15,000. Preston Smith, plus 20,000. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Jaden Reed, plus 10,000. Tucker Craft, plus 10,000. And Coach of the Year, Matt LaFleur, plus 1,600. So those are some fun odds to look at and some different ways to look at it. But going into this year, most of the pundits, Vegas, etc., don't have super high faith in this Green Bay team. I like Green Bay. I like this. I like this roster. They need to stay healthy, just as any team really does. I think they can surprise some people. But seven and nine wins feels about right. Here's where I'm at, though. If I'm being totally transparent, totally honest, this is not a win-loss season for me. Now, to some extent, wins-losses are always important. And as I mentioned, like if you're if you start getting in that four or five, you know, win range or lower, even six wins or lower. To me, there's still going to be a level of disappointment there. There's too much talent on this team to have six or fewer wins. That that's where I'll, I'll I will draw the line somewhere. But ultimately, I want to see Jordan Love become a franchise quarterback, and I want to see this young team grow together and play their best brand of football at the end of the year. Usually, when we talk about playing best best brand of football at the end of the year, we're talking about a team ramping up for the playoffs. If that happens, great. By all means. I will take any bonus wins and playoff performances that from this team that all would be icing on the cake, the cherry on top of the sundae, whatever lame cliche that you want to use. But I go back to, I think it was McCarthy's second year, and I've talked about this before. They were 8-8, eight and eight, but they were 4-8 and eight midseason, or I guess towards the end of the year. And they won their last four games of the season. And then next year, they used that momentum and they won 13 games and went 13 and three. That was the Brett Favre interception to Corey Webster game, unfortunately, but they used that as sort of a slingshot to the next season. And that's what I want to see from this team. Can they play their best ball at the end of the year, show what they're capable of, show that Jordan Love is a franchise NFL quarterback, and then slingshot that into the next season, carry over that momentum and really start competing next year for a playoff spot and maybe even picking up some playoff wins here or there, probably with a little bit better of a roster, a more mature roster than what they have right now. So wherever you're at, whether it's the ride or die every single play or whether it's more of a step back approach, whatever that may be, I highly recommend setting those expectations for this team going in so you can sort of level set through the course of the year. I'm looking for growth. I'm looking for improvement. I'm looking for Jordan Love and I'm looking for 65% you know what I mean. That's going to do it for me today. Enjoy opening night. I'm going to go Chiefs by three. I think Lions keep this close. Maybe no Travis Kelsey. We'll see. No Chris Jones. That's going to play a factor in this. I think Lions have a real puncher's chance here, but I'll say Chiefs by three. Enjoy the game. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Until next time, and as always, go Paco.